0: Hello and welcome to The Camping Crew Podcasts with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 84 of The Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Burchell And I'm Chris Byrne. It's meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just our own personal views, although we do look into some of the items that you do ask us to look into. Yeah, you
1: can now support us as well if you want. I get hold of some of our merchandise. We've got t-shirts and coasters and water bottles and keyrings, rings, etc. Just go to thecampingcrew.ie
0: and see what's available. Or alternatively, if you can afford it, you can always buy us a coffee on www.ko-fi.com forward slash thecampingcrew. Yeah, I want to say thanks this week to Leo and Sinead for
1: their coffee. Um, they sent us a message where it said, great, interesting Listening, lads. Love to tune in while away in the motorhome. Could you please send us out some stickers? So uh, stickers sh- should
0: be on the way to the guys there. I got an email this morning from a chap called Mike O'Kelly, and he said, "Hey, Aaron, loving the podcast, loving the videos. Could I have some stickers, please?" So I mailed him back, and I went. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And yes, I would love to give you some stickers. If only you'd give me your address. <laughs> <laughs> so f- following email was whoops, sorry about that. And he gave me his address. So they went off into post today as well. We want to remind you the stickers are absolutely free. And we'll give you contact details at the end of the podcast to how you can obtain your stickers. And they can be for your car, for your caravan, for your mobile home, for anything you want to stick them onto, we would gladly put them in the post too. Right, let's kick off with some follow-ups and shout outs, Chris.
1: Yeah, June got in touch with us on Twitter asking if we had hoodies available. We were speaking at the store earlier. so just drop the message. Hi, guys. Are there any uh, hoodies for sale? The website appears to only have the T-shirt and mugs. So I just dropped a message back to June. Say, hi, June. Thanks for getting in touch. We're working on getting hoodies available, as a good few people have requested them. I know a number of occasions are when we're in Kilkenny, a lot of people ask us for the hoodies. And um, it is something we're working on. So watch this space. Hopefully, we'll have them up sooner rather than later.
0: Yes. The problem with the hoodies is supply and demand, obviously, this time of year. And the supplier that our supplier uses is actually out of stock but I did get an email actually only on Monday saying that he hopes to have them at the tail end of this week but keep an eye on the website and as soon as the thumbnail goes up on the website you'll be able to just order the hoodies and they're available in all shapes, sizes and colours so keep an eye on thecampingcrew.ie for further information on that. Just give it till the end of this week and then start looking again and we'll have an update for you for next week anyway. And I'll put a tweet out and a, a message on Instagram. Right, let's take a look at campsites. We were asking our British or UK actually we're asking all of you to tell us about campsites that you've stayed on but we really want to hit the UK market and lo and behold Rich and Lisa who are Waggy's Travels on YouTube now they Got in touch with me last week the week before last to do 40 questions it's a bit of a challenge that's going on with youtubers and i did it and then i had to recommend six people or ask six people to do it and it's been done but anyway the guys subscribed and they subscribed to campsitereview.com. that's our sister campsite so rich and lisa got on joined campsitereview.com and they left a review of bella vista campsite in oxford it's pretty lengthy but i go through it and it is a very good review so bear in mind Yours doesn't have to be as in-depth in this, but this is what the guys do on YouTube. They start off by saying, We used the Bella Vista camping site for our six-day trip from Cornwall to Oxford. The website link is from the Caravan and Camping Club website. Gave good impression of the site. Booking online was easy and quick. We paid £112 sterling for five nights with electric hookup, and there's no charge for showers. 24 hours prior to arrival, we received an email from the site giving us the passcode for the entry gate. Upon arrival at the site, we entered the code into the gate. In the current climate, as in COVID, there is ample signage in relation to COVID, with hand gel on entry. Booking is all done online, but the owners, Lisa and Simon, will come over to make contact with you. The site is all grass with no hard standing. Initially, I could only see five green posts which were the hookups, but upon further investigation, there are 25-plus hookups on site, some attached low down on the fence posts. The toilet block is an ex-military mobile unit now sited within the campsite. It's warm, practical and well-equipped for the number of units that would be on site. It's clean and tidy, divided by a heavy-duty curtain. On one side is the female and the other side is the male's. Much to my amusement, the washing machine, tumble dryer and iron – are all located in the female side of the toilet block. Comments I made on our YouTube page to my wife got me a slap. Anyway, that aside, it is all you need. There is washing up area, chemical toilet disposable, area and waste disposable points also. At the time of COVID-19, only one of the wash-up sinks are open. The water is hot, very hot, which is the same in the shower block. There are animals on site fenced off that the owners encourage you to pet and will happily let you feed them at feeding times. Loads of room for children to play with balls, etc., away from the campers. The site itself is a short short drive from High Wycombe, Oxford, and is ideally placed if you want to visit central London, as you can jump on the train and be in London in no time at all. We visit many National Trust houses, Oxford and Waddesons Manor. We didn't have major issues. Aside from on Saturday of our stay, the gardener started cutting the grass at about 1630 in the afternoon and was still cutting at 1700 hours sorry 1900 hours the noise became ridiculous and i had to go and ask could it be stopped as it was spoiling the evening and as we were all trying to sit out in the evening the one comment i would say is that there is poor lighting around the site even as you enter whilst i don't like floodlights the odd low light put on sensors around the toilet and wash up area would go a long way Now, on the review, on campsitereview.com, Waggy's Travels have actually put up a video review of the site, so it really is worth a look. Just log on to campsitereview.com, click on the forum, head down to the UK tab, and that is a very, very good review, and I really appreciate Rich and Lisa for dropping the review onto our website, and if they want to drop more, we'll feature them in coming podcasts.
1: Yeah, that's a fantastic review, and that's what you call a detailed review. Just a reminder again, um, as it was quite a while back where you mentioned the name that's the Bella Vista campsite in Oxford
0: Now Charlie and me this week uh, we are heading towards the end of the videos. What with lockdown but this week we head to this Friday's video is Boyle's Caravan Park Now there's a clue in the name to how this video goes Boyle's Caravan Park in Port New in Donegal Now today Wednesday As we record this podcast, I uploaded the first of our build series videos. As you know, we mentioned last week that Charlie and me are doing a van build. We're converting an ambulance into a motorhome And today's video was just an introduction to how the ambulance looked the day we got it It looks nothing like that now But if you check out youtube.com forward slash Charlie Me, camping vlog You can see that video And this Friday's campsite review is Boyle's Caravan Park in Port New in Donegal It was quite a trek up Aaron to, to Donegal Yeah, well, we see we did the beach bar in Sligo the Friday, Saturday Did Craig Mill, which was last week's video The Sunday, Monday Port New, the Tuesday night, and then I headed down to Castle Bar to break the the travel home, which was still four hours from Castle Bar. But it's just like that. I mean, last week's video of, of um, Craig and Mill, it's really, really, really worth the journey up. But you'd want to be going up there for a few days, you know, from Sligo up because it is Donegal, just short of Letterkenny. But if you wanted to visit that area, and Boyle is only about an hour from Cork from Dunfanery. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fair old spin, but we went up and we hit four or five campsites. The last one will be Friday week.
1: So I think you, you filled in, you certainly filled in that corner of the map. So on the campsite review
0: and the, the Charlie Yes. Yes, if you go on to campsitereview.com, you'll see a tab to a map and there's a map there with little motorhomes. And if you click on the motorhome, the video for that area. Yeah, that area was totally empty. So between Sligo, the three in Donegal and the two in Enniskillen, there's a nice few motorhomes. And of course, then, if we weren't locked down, we'd be heading that way again. So please God, for the season of 2021, we will be heading from Mayo, Sligo, Donegal and into Northern Ireland for next year. Great,
1: so I suppose that takes us to the um, products section and this is a product I found a a couple of weeks back, I made note of it. Um, The product is called the Omnia. Basically what it is, it's a portable oven without a heat source. So what you do is you pop this device onto a cooker or barbecue or some other heat source and voila, you've got an instant oven. Um, Basically what they say on the page is if you can do it in a regular oven, heat, bake or cook, you can do it in an Omnia. So if you think of it like, uh, it kind of looks a little bit like a steamer. So it's got a a, a base at the end, which provides the heat. It's got a middle bit, which you put in the, the, I suppose the ingredients or your dough or whatever you're baking. And um, it's got a lid. Now up the center then of the the two bottom devices is a hole to circulate the heat all the way around the device. If you want to have a look at it, have a look at Omnia, sweden.com so that's o-m-n-i-a sweden.com it's a a knocking little device uh, i haven't seen it before it's definitely something i'm going to invest in trying on the website they say it's great for making calzoni, frittatas doing chicken wings they've got mac and cheese on it so basically uh, anything at all i've seen people do little circular pizzas so uh, i suppose a donut shaped <laughs> pizza for want of a better a better word but uh it looks really good, it looks like such a simple device. It's worth checking out. Uh, Price-wise, I'm not sure the price has, has been changing. It's, you know, it's I think probably 50 or 60 euros, maybe a little bit more. I'll check that out and I'll tweet it out anyway, the price. I think it might be a little bit more than that actually.
0: We'd love to hear if anybody actually has one of them and maybe you could do a review on it and recommend it to us. It's obviously something that, uh the Charlie and Me camper or the Birchill's camper won't be putting into their arsenal of things because I didn't hear the word chips <laughs> or maybe I could heat my beans in it for the bean burgers maybe I could cook the, oh no, see I don't use an oven for the bean burgers, I use a well,
1: You can gram. get your oven chips, they said anything you can put in an oven you can put in this, so, so I'm just <laughs> looking at uh, Amazon, I just did a quick search for it, it's actually um, 49 euros oh,
0: that's oh, sorry, 49
1: sterling so yeah, yeah, cheaper than I
0: thought And as I say, if any of you guys have one or have used them or know of them, please do let us know, we'll Give the contact details in a couple of minutes. Right. Tips and camping hacks. If you remember last week, we read well episode 82, actually two weeks ago, we read out an email from Serena about she was asking how do I um, power the TV and my Wi-Fi? And I was saying that I have an inverter. Well, our good buddy Adrian got on to us to say, hey, Aaron, Chris, following Serena's email from episode 82 on the power supply for our router and powering it when not on the mains, there is an alternative to using an inverter solution, which you suggested that might suit her if the inverters are not going to be used to power other main voltage devices. Yet kind of is a bit of an expense to buy an inverter just to run your Amazon stick, isn't it really, when you think about it? Many of the routers everyone uses actually run on DC voltage, albeit it tends to be 9 volts DC to 24 volts DC with the plug for mains power supply that comes with the router charging from an out- an output that is required. The TP-Link 300 MBPS 4G LTE router, available from the likes of Power City, which I picked up for my van, actually operates at 9 volts. The solution to powering DC devices of different voltage types from 12 volt DC available in a van is a portable regulated vehicle voltage converter. These units come with a standard cigarette lighter plug, can work on 12 volts and 24 volts DC, and they come with a switchable selection output voltage of 1.5 to 3, 4.5, 6, 7.5, 9 and 12 volts DC. They also come supplied with a set of six popular output connectors for connecting onto different devices. Portable regulated vehicle voltage converters can be bought online, but in Ireland, you can get them from the likes of Radio Onyx Limited. Their website is ie.rs-online.com and the voltage converter will cost you around €16 Euro plus postage. Apart from the correct voltage selection, there is one important thing that you need to check before you first use any voltage converter, and that is the rated current in amps or power in volt amps that your device, in this case, the router, uses against the max output current or power available from the voltage converter. The device you are powering must not use more power or current than the voltage converter can supply. Breaking this rule can possibly lead to damaging the connected device, in this case the router, and possibly pose a fire risk due to overloading. In my case, the vehicle voltage converter I ordered from Radio Onyx Limited has a max output power of 24 volt amps, which a printed max current output of two amps. My router works on nine volts and only uses 0.85 of an amp of current or 7.65 volt amps of power, which is well below the max output available from the vehicle voltage converter and safe to use. He gave us the product link again. It's ie.rs-online.com. Keep up the good work, Adrian. It sounds very technical. What I would suggest is that listen to this part of the podcast again (laughs) <laughs> and take notes I do actually have one of those regulators and gosh Chris I must have it about 10 years when mobile phones came in first I wanted to be charging mine in different rooms of the house and I bought it just so happened I bought one of these regulators in the likes of Argos or somewhere and it comes with a whole load of different size plugs and switches on the end like Adrian described there from 1.5 volts up to 12 volts and like that it was about 10 or 15 pound at the time so they're readily available and runs off your cigarette lighter, or if you have a, an outlet somewhere else in your camper van, you know, some of them have cigarette light output, 12 volt outputs, but that yes. is a good.
1: That device on a site, it's called a Minwa car charger, 12 to 24 volt, DC input. Uh, I did a search for it there. It's uh, pretty nifty. It comes with um, a bunch of different tips and connections as well um, for the different devices. It's €16.30 there uh, uh, on the site. So really handy. So if you're searching for it, you can either search for a vehicle voltage converter or a portable regulated vehicle voltage converter and as Aaron said it's on rs-online.com. The other product that Adrian mentioned just to recap on it which is the router that he uses in conjunction with this device that's a TP-Link 300 mbps 4G LTE router and you'll get that um, as Adrian said on powercity.ie and there that particular device is 109 euros.
0: See the one that we're using, which we got from I think it was Adria up in Donegal. Um, I think Dennis had suggested that to us last year and I bought one and in fact I only sent an email to a chap who was asking me about it. It it suits our needs. It's a bit in the big side. I've seen people have so, some, some inverters that are only the size, or not inverters, sorry, they have some routers that are only the size of the palm of your hand or a small mobile phone. I do like the one we have, and I'm of the, the frame of mind, like, why fix it if it's not broken? But there are many, many, they just take a SIM card, just do the search, but that gadget there definitely is the good regulator. But in saying that, in the, in the defense of inverters, they're a handy thing to have, an inverter. Okay, a bit expensive possibly if it's just to run your router, but I find that I'd run the router and the TV. Even though my TV is 12 volt, I'll still just plug it in and be using the laptop at the same time if we're wild camping. But each to their own. But again, Adrian, thank you for that. Well-researched and well-presented uh, email. Thank you very much. No, it's very useful. And I think like that device Adrian mentioned is good
1: maybe for a single-use purpose, but if you want to use it for lots of different things, mm-hmm. you know, just get the inverter done properly. Look, we're all trying to find ways where we can work kind of off-grid uh, as well without having to to plug in from occasionally you know the likes of whether you're camping say, in St. Ardmore or wild camping mm-hmm. up in Donegal or out of Nackle Island or wherever you might be um, outside of a campsite these are all different ways you can get over the, uh, the, the hurdle of not being plugged in.
0: But I would suggest we have said it time and time again solar is a great investment for any camper van motorhome caravan you see there even the portable ones now people use while tenting definitely if you're making a wish list for a van one of the first upgrades i would do is solar doesn't have to be massive one panel would do
1: actually i just thought of something i think some of those mi fi devices that people use are actually powered by um, USB as well. So that could be another option. And um, if you want to get one of the Wi-Fi devices and plug it into the USB connection on your solar solar controller as well, a lot mm. of the solar controller. So that might be a way of having Wi-Fi um, when
0: you're off grid as well. Yes, because I think that device that Adrian is on about has all little round plugs, but no USB adapter if i'm not mistaken i'm nearly sure they're all different round plugs power is, plugs yeah, for yeah. devices yeah so yeah that's because you have usb on your solar haven't you You've have two, yeah, two usb, two USB uh two usb outlets on that yeah which is really handy so again adrian thank you very much so we look forward to your next correspondence
1: great so we're closing out the podcast this week uh, in our camp life section and um to close the podcast we have an interview with martin dory now Martin is the author of the Take the Slow Road series of books. You might remember um that Tony recommended the uh, Take the Slow Road Ireland uh, book a few episodes back and uh, he highly recommended it. and since then I've been I've bought the book and been reading through it as well and it's really really good. So um I contacted Martin after getting um Tony's uh, email there and I asked him would he be interested in doing an interview so we've been kind of planning it over the last few weeks so this week we're going to close the podcast with an interview with Martin so I started out by asking Martin to introduce himself and the concept behind the books.
2: Martin Dory I'm a writer, surfer, um, I've owned vans God, since I was um, uh, in my early 20s, started off with sleeping in a Citroen 2CV overnight. And then um, I went on uh, and owned VW Campers. And I kind of did a TV show a little while ago, which saw me drive around the UK in camper vans. Um, and so i kind of, I'm just into camping. I just love being out, mainly because I'm a surfer and it was always great to have a van and you could sort of wake up by the beach where the waves are and sort of save a lot of hassle. Um, And save money too, actually. I must have saved a small fortune on hotel bills uh, over the years, but also I've spent a small fortune on um, camping equipment. So they they sort of level each other out. But the Take the Slow Road, um, Take the Slow Road Island uh, came out this year in May. And it's it's the first, sorry, it's the third book in a series called Take the Slow Road about just slowing down and going on amazing drives. So um, the book is full of um i can't remember how many there are in ireland i've got a copy over there but a a whole bunch of of nice drives um that take you to places they're sort of themed um and it started off when i did a a, a drive up the west coast of wales years and years ago and and we called that slow coasters and it went in a magazine in the uk called coast magazine and it made me think that actually as campers we're kind of different you know we're not it's not top gear here you know we're not putting the foot down and doing understeer and oversteer we're just taking it easy And actually appreciating, you know, the countryside, appreciating nice places. Um, And uh, so, yeah, that's how it came about. And I wanted to do Ireland right from the very beginning because I've been there so many times. Uh, My mum lives in Ireland. My ex-wife is from Waterford. My kids have got Irish passports. So I've got real connections with Ireland. Um, and I wanted to do it first, um, but I had to wait till the third book to do it.
1: And the previous books, I think you have um, England and Wales and Scotland, are, are the the other two. Is that right?
2: Yes. So the first one was Scotland, and then the second one was England and Wales. Third one, Ireland. Oh, great!
1: Yeah, no, I'm sure they're invaluable resources for people. And you know, I suppose you've been camping for a, a long time now. Have you?
2: I have, yeah. I mean, I, I camped as a kid with my parents. Um, and then I really started spending a lot of time camping and sleeping in vehicles when I was uh, at university in Manchester. I used to go surfing um, in Wales and on the east coast of England every weekend, basically. And I had no money. So I used to sleep in cars and, and you kind of graduate to vans. To vans, yeah. Or sleeping in the dunes or, you know, in a tent that got blown down overnight, that kind of stuff. So I've been doing it a long, long time.
1: Yeah, I'm based in Tremor here and a lot of my friends are um, big into camping as well and surfing, should I say, surfing first, then camping, obviously it's nice to be able to go and maybe have a, a hot shower in the van or even just a hot drink afterwards and just get changed out of the elements as well after surfing, you know?
2: Oh God, yeah, well, I mean, you're lucky down in Tremor because you've got, um, I mean, one of the routes in the book is the Copper right. Coast from Tremor yeah. to Dungarvan and you've got that amazing greenway way, the cycle way, and you've, but you've also got... Places like Barman and Annstown and the and the um there's some nice oh,
1: surfing spots and
2: oh yeah and some and some really nice little dare I say it out of the way places to camp. Um,
1: yeah, it's, on... it's one of our secrets. We tend not to brag about it too much. Just <laughs> Sorry, keep it I, nice and quiet. I hope I haven't
2: been ruining it because <laughs> not I had I've, done. Done. <laughs> I've been on
1: about
2: it. Um, I was married to a woman from Dungarvan, as I said earlier. Um, and actually, when I got off the ferry, it was the ritual to drive to go on the on the main road and then drive along the coast from Tremor, um, yeah. to look for look for waves and kind of uh, put off the inevitable cups of tea at the in-laws. Um, so I love that bit of coast, and I think you're you're so lucky. Gillamie, is it Gillamie? Gillamie, yeah, yeah. Oh, that place is amazing. So it's yeah, you're lucky. It's great, good place to camp. It's fantastic.
1: Uh, what type of uh, camper are you driving at the moment? What's your current camper?
2: So the one I've got at the moment is is a big. Uh, VW Crafter, so it's the kind of the, the step up, the, the the equivalent of the Ducato um, and we've had that kitted out um, for winter camping because we were doing a lot, obviously doing the books. So I spend a lot of time over the winter writing and travelling. Um, can't always do it in the summer, so so it's quite a sort of um, yeah, it's a it's a nice van, quite big, quite nice, quite spacious, and it's got all the bits and pieces.
1: And you've had quite a few over the years, have you? Yeah, I've
2: had quite a few. I've had um, I had sort of three. Type 25s I think they're called which are the old square VW campus and I had one of the really old ones and I've slept in like two CVs and a Renault 5 van I had for a while Um, and I've also borrowed lots and lots of motorhomes and camper vans from manufacturers because I I write about them and they say would you want to borrow one so I take them off and and, uh, get them dirty for them which is uh, a great pleasure yeah and it's good to see what people are doing as well.
1: Yeah, great, great. So when you came and you were writing the book and preparing for the book, um, I'd imagine you didn't do it all in one go. Did you come over in a series of different um, different journeys, or did you follow a set route? How did you go about it?
2: Um, I mean, I suppose I, 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 as I said, I've been travelling in Ireland for a long time, so I kind of knew which areas I had covered. So I would kind of, um, you know, and I would I, I went back. So I, I did it in a series of, of sort of month long stints yeah
1: um
2: and uh and i kind of so i would cover places that i had been to before for example the ring of kerry um I, I wanted to sort of try and make that into a route that wasn't the ring of kerry so trying to do an alternative if you like yes yeah. um and do it in, in a slightly different way um and the same with i didn't want to just cover the wild atlantic way from kinsale to muff i just wanted to kind of do sections of it some of the routes in ireland are gifted for you so actually, um, in, when you get up to, to Nauf, um and the, the sort of sites of Eastern Ireland, so you're talking about the kind of ancient sites, that route is mapped out. So it was obvious to do that. To make sense, yeah. Yeah. But then I wanted to cover um, the Shannon. So to, from, to go from the Shannon Pot to Killala, I think it's pronounced. Um, it was kind of like there isn't a route it so it was just well how do we drive the shannon and stay as close as possible to the shannon and take advantage of all the places where you can camp on marinas along the way yes yeah so we kind of invented a few and again as we talked about the copper coast is exists so but it's a, it, as you say it's like oh, i reckon it's ireland's best kept secret <laughs> it was like the original wild atlantic world yeah um, so that one was easy um and then just kind of you know just going to places and I, I was looking at a map um, and found the old military road that runs through the Wicklow Mountains and saw that and thought that looks interesting. So we went and drove that, um, which is just amazing. You come out of Dublin and, it, and it's kind of you're Straight in the mountains, up, yeah. but the city's just like just below you. It's wonderful.
1: Yeah, it's lovely um, at night as well looking out over all of that.
2: Yeah, I'll bet it is. I'll bet it is. Um, so yeah, we just went and did stuff that we like doing um, and just kind of roads that we knew would be nice, um, roads that we thought would be interesting. and you know, I think in, in Northern Ireland, we try to join up some of the Game of Thrones oh, yes, yeah. locations, which is a bit cheesy, but people want to do it. And it's, yeah. and they take you to really cool places.
1: It does. It brings you to a lot of lovely places up around the north as well. And I know you have a, a soft spot for kind of the Sligo area because of all the, the great surfing over that side of things as well.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, my mum, my, my uh, her partner owns a house in Mulligmore. Um, where they do the big wave surfing. And so we've spent a lot of time up there and I and, and that, that whole coast is is amazing. So I think, and I think I had so many years going to Waterford and Tremor when I was married. Uh, and then since then, I kind of rediscovered Sligo because my yeah. mum's been up there and I, and I just absolutely adore it. I was over, I went over on a mercy mission was the last time I was over, um, probably about six weeks ago, um, just when I could I could get over to go and see my mum for a couple of weeks and isolated in her with her in Mulligmore. Um, and it's just lovely. It's a beautiful, fantastic, beautiful yeah? place. Yeah. It's amazing.
1: So you have, um, aside from the the, the the surfing spots, do you have any kind of favourite campsites or favourite camping locations around Ireland, specifically just for parking up and, and relaxing it?
2: Um, I mean, there are so many amazing spots to park up. I, I, part of the reason why Ireland is such a nice place to travel in a camp van is because people are largely tolerant. You know, people don't mind if a campervan turns up. You know, in a car park somewhere, they're pretty cool about it. Um, and I know there are there are restrictions with national parks and on harbors and marinas and stuff. But generally, it's it's okay. So I'm trying to think of the best place I ever camped. Um, I mean, there's a campsite in in. In Clifton, which is uh Clifton Eco Camping. Eagle,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So, Chris up there who who owns that is a really cool dude, and his ethics are perfect. The campsite's amazing. Um, he'll tell you it's only a couple of clicks to the pub, but I'll tell you it's at least five. So <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I loved it up there. Um, and I, you know, I, I really enjoy staying in Westport. I particularly love the Ring of Kerry, so Kaha Daniel and Derrynane are, are not e- there's not it's not easy to stay overnight there, but the, the campsite Wavecrest. Wavecrest
1: is fantastic, all it's the easy. different
2: levels on it, yeah, it's amazing. Oh my god, what an amazing place. Um, And I also enjoyed the campsite Seal, I think it's Seal Cove on Achill.
1: Seal, Achill Seal Cove, caves, yeah.
2: Yeah, which is really good. Um, I, You know, it's funny that there aren't actually that, that many campsites in Ireland, compared with the, in England or in Europe. Yeah, and so, so you don't have a lot- choice yeah a lot of them are brilliant though a lot of them are in really really good places and so i you know i've just enjoyed them all really i mean even the one that there's one that's in um in wexford right by the swimming pool which is really handy for the ferry for
1: ferry us. bank yeah that's the 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 camp, across the bridge area. Yeah, it's really handy for the town as well
2: yeah yeah no so we've been there and we've been out in the town and went and then you know get on the ferry the next morning so for us that's really good and the pool Super is spot, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones I mean
1: I suppose anywhere along the coast where you can camp up and yeah and,
2: uh, there's, there's I mean there's been a lot of there's been a lot of little harbor sites that we've stayed um which have been really nice and uh, places I've stayed over the years I went to I went to a place when I was last over um that was uh, sort of east of Eastki which is a beautiful little beach um, just stayed there a couple of nights that was fabulous and and people are really cool about it and it's just brilliant
1: great so. I know, you're, as I said earlier, you're just back from France. So uh, that's the next in the series of the, the slower books, I'd imagine, is it?
2: Yeah, that's right. So we spent the last, I don't know, it's probably a year, it's about a year and a, nearly a year and a half since we, since I started travelling to do that book.
1: well, yeah.
2: It's been really difficult <laughs> because of the restrictions.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'd imagine so. So
2: um, currently I'm at home isolating because I've just come back from doing the last trip. So, yeah, we've been all over France, um, again, the same thing, trying to find nice places and finding nice routes, good campsites um, and good things to do. And that's been extraordinary. Completely different from Ireland. I um, imagine so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ireland is a bit, there's less infrastructure and it's a bit more, it's a bit kind of a bit more rough and real, if you like. Whereas France yeah. is kind of like you can park anywhere and empty your, your toilet and you can do it. It's all set up for It's it. designed for Yeah, really, it is, really. Yeah.
1: So you might tell us a bit about uh, kind of the beach cleaning campaign and your, your environmentalist side of what you do.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, so I don't know how long ago it was. A long time ago, I noticed that there was rubbish on beaches basically and started clearing up really and then organised a few beach cleans and then in 2013 started this kind of online campaign because i kind of i had a following on instagram and twitter and i thought well maybe i can get them to do stuff you know maybe i can get this this online business to sort of do more than just yes, the, yeah. the, the cats and stuff so i started using this hashtag 2 minute beach clean and since then it's it's kind of taken over really <laughs> So the, the, the basic idea is that wherever you go, you take two minutes and you clear up and it applies as well to camping as it does to just walking on the beach. Definitely. I mean, You know, one of the things that, that I that I put in all my books is is about the kind of responsibility that we have as campers. And, you know, if you go to a place, say you, you you've got this beautiful beach and I turn up in my van or in a tent and I leave a mess, that means that the authorities are going to be angry. They're going to put barriers on the car parks you know they're going to take away the bins and they're going to just make re- life really difficult for campers so the idea being that actually we want to be responsible so if I turn up at a beach I'll clear up and then camp and then clear up before I go and then so that no one can accuse me of making a mess and being you know causing problems and I think that's really important because sometimes people think yeah whatever I'll just chuck stuff out the window or I'll leave a barbecue somewhere or you know i I mean, I've, I saw some. I'm quite. I've got good contacts with the guys at Amina near Cork, and I know that they had over the summer and over lockdown. I know it's different because people couldn't go to bars, but there were people leaving entire setups on the beach. You know, like a tent and chairs. Yeah, they would be.
1: have parties and yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, and all their bottles and all their trash and and you know their waste and stuff. And they would just get up in the morning, presumably, and just walk away.
1: I think um, everything has gone so cheap and disposable now, hasn't it?
2: Well, that's the problem, isn't it? And, and and I think, you know, we can't do that because that means that the next person that goes and camps in that spot will be looked at with suspicion yeah. because some idiot has decided that they are too important than the beach um, and everybody else. And so it just ruins it. So, you know, that's the idea. Go and clear up um, and just make ourselves welcome, really. Because I don't want to turn up in Ireland and have someone go, well, you're a camper vaner, you can't stay here because campervanners are dirty you know we don't want
1: that and it just takes one or two kind of to spoil it for the 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 greater the greater number of people then doesn't it
2: exactly you know and the more of us that stick together and you know if all your listeners to this podcast did the same thing you know they'd be responsible and they and they and if if someone's leaving a mess they say oh excuse me you shouldn't really do that if we've all got the courage to stick together then we'll be a really good positive force i really believe that
1: yeah and i think as well as uh, i think it's really important as you said to tell people who you might see doing it but i think it's is important for ourselves when we do go and clean up an area to talk about it and to speak about it, so others can see that the camping community are cleaning up and they do clean up you know w- when they're gone as well so i think that that's really important so um i suppose that's great look i'm delighted you took uh the time to jump on with us Martin as I said I'm working my way through the book and uh, I find it really fascinating there's I've discovered lots of little places in around Ireland that I wasn't aware of as well so that's great um do you want to tell people where they can get hold of your books and where they could find you online
2: yeah of course um so uh my books are available all over the place so I think they're 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 stocked in Easons, I think, um, and obviously they'll all be online, so you can pick them up on Amazon or I'm trying to think of big bookshops in, in in Ireland. Easons is mainly the big one, isn't it? But you can get them from you can get them from um, Waterstones and places like that. You can also get them from my website, which is www.martindory.com. Um, And just come and follow me on Twitter. I'm at Campervan Living and on Instagram, I'm at Martin Dory. So come and join in the conversation. See me get angry about pictures of people leaving litter (laughs) and um, and hopefully some inspiring camping.
1: Well, look, thank you again. I really appreciate it. And um, look, maybe when the slow, take the slow road France comes out, we might have another chat maybe about that, if that's okay.
2: Yeah, that'd be great. Thank you very much.
0: Very good interview, Chris, yeah, and thank you, Martin, for that. I love the fact that you did ask him, has he got favourites? Because it is a hard question to answer, but I love that he said Clifton Eco Park is one of his favourite campsites to visit in Ireland. Yeah, he's a a big advocate
1: of um, the the environment and, you know, beach cleans and all of that. So um, definitely that one would have to be on the list, I'd imagine, you know. I think speaking
0: of the beach clean, maybe it's something we could look at doing next year please god 2021 if we get a season that where we had our meeting in kenny this year maybe we could have a mini meet in the likes of somewhere like ardmore or somewhere some campsite that's on a beach and we have a little mini meet but it is actually a beach cleanup more so than a meet maybe that's something we could look into putting onto the calendar for next year for charlie and me and the camping crew podcast yeah that's a fantastic
1: idea and we can put it into things to do while camping when we reintroduce that next summer
0: Yeah, yeah. Brilliant idea. I'm glad I thought of that. Okay, people, we mentioned earlier on, if you'd like a sticker for your motorhome, your camper van, your caravan or just your car, we need your address, your full postcode. They are absolutely free. We'll get them out in the post as soon as we can. If you want to comment on anything or if you'd like to get in touch with us at all for whatever reason, here's how you do it, Chris.
1: Yep, you can email us. The email address is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com. You can reach out to us on Twitter. We're at The Camping Crew. On Instagram, we're at The Camping Crew Podcast. Um, you'll get us on Facebook and all the good motorhome and camping groups. We post weekly there when the podcast has been released. And um, you'll also find
0: us on the motorhome the crack motorhomecrack.com forum as well. And as we mentioned earlier on campsitereview.com, we would love for you to comment on, again, any of your campsites, review them, just log on, join for free, the forum will always be free. And every Friday and the odd Wednesday now with the van build, it's youtube.com forward slash Charlie and Me, our camping vlog, that's where you'll get the videos. Wednesdays, the odd Wednesday are going to be short info videos, but every Friday we review campsites and the van build will be going up there as well from yeah. December 4th is the first van build video, but there'll be one or two introducing you and showing you bits of the van between now and then as well.
1: Yeah, I know if you're anything like me now, uh, this is directed toward the listeners, uh, the Amazon, or postman delivery uh, guy knows my name Personally this, I've been Topping up and Building up Some of my uh, Camping gadgets As well But if you've bought A camping gadget Or camping product Recently as well You might drop us an email And let us know about it And we we'll would read it out On the podcast
0: That is it For episode 84 Thank you for your support Thank you to all Of the Facebook groups The administrators there For letting us post Between the podcast And Charlie and me From me Aaron Birchell, All I'm going to say is Stay safe Till next time And for me Chris Byrne don't forget to tell your camping friends all about us well that's it for another podcast from the camping crew thanks for listening and do join us again very soon safe camping